0: I want to thank you so much for being here at this bright and early hour since we had to change the time last night. And I know that you are here by our Lord's design. And so as I said, it's a privilege for me to bring you the word of God today. And the song that we just sang, change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, to be like you. May I be like you. This is a good time for us, for you and me, to reflect on what that means. And we have begun the journey towards Lent. This is the very first Sunday. And this past Wednesday, we celebrated Ash Wednesday. And I loved when Pastor Sandy on uh, our WOW service, uh, worship on Wednesday, when she gave us the message and explained that Lent is a journey and that we need to be prepared for that journey. And I'm excited about the journey, and I hope that you will join me to allow him to mold us, to be more like him, and to remind us and to teach us personally what his death and his resurrection really means to each one of us, and that it changes us. Pastor Chris explains so beautifully in Hearts Up, in our electronic email this last week, what our focus here at Grace is going to be during Lent, during this time. With Jesus's question, who do you say that I am? Well, together, we will wrestle with who Jesus is. Asking ourselves what we believe about the one whom we call Lord and Savior. We will look with the Apostle John into knowing who this Jesus is, and John will be looking over his shoulder as we look, or Jesus is going to look into our eyes and tell us who he is. And today we begin with Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And before we get to the scripture, though, I would like to give you a little bit of backstory. That's the teacher in me. We're going to be coming in. This is the scene where we're coming on in scripture now. Now, Jesus has come to Jerusalem in secret. And it was during the time of the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. This was one of the fourth annual festivals that was celebrated, celebrated by the Jewish people. And it was also called the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of the Lord. And this festival lasted seven days. And the people constructed booths and uh, from all the fresh branches around, they collected from the trees that were in that area. And so they lived in those booths all around Jerusalem for seven days. And every Israelite did that and that came to Jerusalem. They did this, like I said, for seven days. And this was a way of commemorating and remembering what their fathers had done years ago when God had provided the pillar of light as he led them through the desert after their exodus from Egypt so this is the scene that we come in on and they're reminiscing about this wonderful time that what God had done for them so now during this festival Jesus is there. He comes in secret, as I said, and it's in the midweek when he comes into the temple area in the outer court. And he, people gathered around him and he sat and taught them. And the news of Jesus at this time had spread everywhere of his healings and of his miracles and of his teachings. And some of the Jews and the Jewish leaders didn't like it. They didn't know who he was. They knew, but they didn't want to know, you know? Um, and so they were grumbling and they were questioning about who he was. And they are always trying to trip him up because they were blind to the truth and they had hardness of heart, much like Pharaoh, as Pastor Chris has been teaching us each week. And so this time, what they did, they brought a woman to Jesus when he was teaching in the court. This woman had, they had caught in adultery. And the law, the law of Moses, said that this woman had to be stoned. So they, this, they brought this woman there and asked Jesus, okay, so what do we do with this woman? The law says she should be stoned. And what does Jesus say? He says, which one of you is without sin that would throw the first stone? And they looked at Jesus. And they walked away. And Jesus told the woman, go and sin no more. I condemn you not. This is where we now begin. So this is the scene of John chapter 8 where we come in now. And I would like, rather than reading the whole verses from 12 to 20 all at once, I would like to read just each section at a time. So if you open your Bibles to John 8, we're going to begin now In verse 12, I'm going to be reading 12 through 13. Now, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. You are appearing as your own testimony, your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. So Jesus, as I said, he was speaking again to the people. What he says here, he says, I am. And I am is an amazing, amazing term that he was using. By using this word, I am, Jesus is linking himself to Yahweh, the covenant God of the Old Testament, who had revealed himself as the great I am. God had used this term to show his unchanging nature. Isn't that just so awesome? I mean, they could relate. And he's using, I am the light of the world, and they're celebrating this festival of light. That's just so exciting to me. Um, Now, remember, his his listeners were there in that court, and as I said, they were celebrating this. So you can imagine what they thought when he said, I am the light of the world. Light is a very important concept in the Old Testament. It is dependent, it is, a, it is dependent on God and has come into existence only by His power. God's first creative act was to form light out of chaos. Into the formlessness God brought order, beginning with, "Let there be light." Light is the first thing the Bible records as good. God separated the light from the darkness. God's light brought order to a disorderly universe. And then the prophet Isaiah foretold years before this that the coming Messiah, Jesus, would be the great light shining in the land of great darkness. And he would be the light to the nations. And if we looked in today's dictionary, as I did, the definition of light is illuminated. Synonyms are ablaze, aglow, bright, and brilliant. Jesus contrasts the life, this life, as giving truth by his light. It's an amazing fact that he says about himself. And then he says, whoever follows me will no longer live in darkness. And darkness was a symbol of bondage and sin and the hopelessness of the human condition, apart from the redemption that Jesus was offering. And Jesus was saying but they didn't have to live in darkness. We don't have to live in darkness ever again. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus invites his hearers, you and me as well, to walk in the light instead of the darkness of the world that they lived in. Jesus addressed this darkness head on to those who had the hatred in their heart and those who were deceived and were blind and were, uh, didn't want to face the truth of who Jesus was. I was thinking this as I was studying and preparing, I was reminded of a couple of weeks ago when my friend Pearl Ellen and I were invited to be special guests at the Oscars. And we had to be there Saturday. It was on Sunday, as you all know. We had to be there the Saturday before because of security reasons. You know, poor us, right? <laughs> we had to stay in a hotel right next there and everything. and we. So we were at the Hollywood scene, you know, and security was every time, everywhere around, and we had to show our ID. And then we even got to walk the red carpet. Many of of you, I've already shared this with, Um, you know, we were amongst the rich and the famous, and as we walked down the red carpet, you know, all the stars on this side and we're on this side, and the security's pushing us along. And the lights, I mean, the lights are amazing. And the cameras are flashing, there's lights everywhere. And we, when we went in, actually went into the theater, then we sat among the the rich and the famous. And before that, they had hors d'oeuvres and all that kind of stuff, and here we were rubbing elbows. And then we, we were struck with the fact that, well, wait a minute, we're Daughters of the King. We have so much more than they do, the glitz and the glamor. And you know what? We even sensed a, a sensed a feeling of darkness around us, even though amidst all of that glamor and the glitz, there was a, it's kind of a fake, fakeness, because it's like everybody's on show, and, there's, and you can tell they're striving to be perfect, wanting to portray a certain image, trying to be what somebody else wants them to be. And actually, you know, in all of that, I sensed a real um, loneliness, even. And to keep the status quo and living up to other people's expectations. Well, we walked that red carpet, you know, surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of lights, hundreds of people, and it appeared to be the real thing and real life. But then, the next day, we went out, cameras were gone, red carpets gone. And then it's just Hollywood, just like another street, another city. But Jesus never, ever rolls up his red carpet. We have that every single day. And he was promising this type of thing to his hearers. And this is what, why it, the word is so preserved for us today and why it's so exciting is because we get to hear it's for us as well. So that protection that he is talking about, it never, ever goes away. He provides that beautiful red carpet, that beautiful protection and guidance every day for us. And there's a principle for his, us here too. Jesus, as the light of the world, And the light of life brings his presence, his protection, and his guidance forever. So let me ask you, who is Jesus to you? My prayer for you and my desire for myself during this Lenten season is to answer that question daily and to be better acquainted, to know him more intimately, and to choose to follow him, and to put away darkness. We all have a certain amount of that each day of our lives, where it's, it's tending to want to invade our lives. We each live in a different area, and we have different families, we have different people that we interact with every day. So it's always trying to invade us. So I want to challenge you to join me during this time of Lent, the next 40 days. To allow him to mold me, to allow him to mold you, to make me more like him, and would you choose to make him, you more like him, to believe each of the statements of who he is and to change my heart. Will you join me? The Pharisees now, again, are challenging Jesus. Just blows my mind as how they could be here have the Son of God right in front of them, and they're still so threatened by that. So they challenged Jesus, His claim to be God, and they accuse him of appearing as his own witness. And 14 through 18 now is what I'm going to be reading. So the Pharisees were doing everything in their power to get rid of Jesus and what He was saying. They were accusing him of blasphemy, which means that, it was the, that they were accusing him of violating the glory and the majesty and the power of God. It was a violation of God himself. In verses 14 now through 18, Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid For I know where I came from, and I know where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards, and I pass judgment on no one. But I do judge, my decisions are right, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written, that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself, and my other witness is the Father who sent me. And then they asked him, where is your Father? So Jesus, then again, gives a response. Jesus was saying that he was a competent, true witness because he himself was God. Remember when he had said, I am. That was the... Beautiful picture that they missed, that the Pharisees missed. That he had full knowledge of who God was, of his origin and his destiny. In spite of what the Pharisees thought they knew about Jesus, they were ignorant of his heavenly origin and his destiny. Therefore, they were invalid to judge him. And then Jesus pointed out that the Pharisees passed judgments by human standards. And that was limited, it was a superficial um, way of judging. They judged by appearance only. They only saw his flesh, not his deity. So they misjudged him. In contrast, Jesus did not come to judge people, but to save them. When he does judge people in the future, he will be executed by the will of the Father, according to the truth and the law. So God the Son and God the Father were required. He had the required two witnesses. And so here's another principle for us today. Jesus' testimony is true because he knew the Father intimately. The Pharisees showed their ignorance and their unawareness who Jesus was. And then they asked him yet one more question when they said, then they asked him, where is your father? (laughs) It's like, duh, come on, don't you get it? (laughs) You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. But Jesus is not afraid to point to what their real problem was. They didn't know. They refused to see who Jesus was. Now, Jesus says he speaks right away to their ignorance and their refusal to see the truth. You know, when we know someone really intimately or we know uh, someone that we live with every day or someone that we've grown up with, we know all about them. And Jesus had that one-on-one with God. And this week, I was reminded of my earthly father, who has since been in heaven since 1996. But I thought, I was thinking of my dad in this respect. Now I know I I have a wonderful relationship with the Lord. And I don't know why he kept bringing my dad to my memory this week. But my dad came to faith late in his life. And he showed me at the end of his life, which was early at 70, that he knew who that, who he was holding on to. The day that um, my mom and I went with him to the doctor when he was told that he had lung cancer and there was nothing they could do, that he needed to get his affairs in order, my dad took my mom and I like this and he started singing Amazing Grace. And what is so amazing about that is that my dad grew up in a Mormon family and he lived in the darkness of that, Seemingly truth, but a lot of rules and regulations. And for him to come to faith in his mid-60s. In fact, I was reading the scriptures one day, and here I look up, and there's my dad sitting in the pew. And this was over at Good Shepherd Lutheran in Buena Park years and years ago. But I thought, that's why why the Lord wanted me to remember. Because my dad knew where he was going, and he knew his Savior and he was brought out of darkness. And that is my prayer for each one of us, is that we, like I said, we would know Jesus more each day of what it means to walk in the light. And now I'd like to play a little fun song for you to end with. It's a kid's song, but it just says it. So would you join me as we play the DVD? Jump, jump, jump into the light, light, light. I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for showing us that you are the light of the world. And Lord, I ask now that you would cement your word in our hearts and that we would begin now a journey of allowing you to mold us, to change us, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.